And so, and I totally get what you're saying, because Alex and I've talked about this a lot, that having language and access to information, <laughs> you know, we're both children of the seventies didn't happen for us either. There was just and Alex, you've talked about this a lot of not knowing, not getting the words non-binary until you were in your forties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when did you come out as gay? Did you came out like, as- tell us a little bit about yeah. your coming out? Blech. Messy. Is that, is that an adjective that can be used for coming out? It feels like that's a good one for it. Uh, (laughs) How old were you when you came out? Uh, So I came out gay first uh, because that was like the closest first step. I was like, it doesn't feel like the right community, but it feels closest to what feels rightest. Um, And it was a community that I started seeing people that were closely more akin to what I felt like I resonated with. Um, and also as a community that I kind of resonated with just in general, like I was like, I, these are my, I, I get this, I get, I understand this. And I, I liked women. Right. So regardless of like my gender, I liked women. Mm-hmm. And so I, at that time presented female. So, Hey, guess what? The community that was the closest that I knew how I could like relate to. I was like, I guess I'm gay. I guess that's where we go. So uh, that was kind of, and that was ugly, right? Like my mom just kind of cornered me and it was like a thing, you know, like. What did, what did your mom say? Uh, it was poorly timed. Um, I was an engineering student at this time and uh, I had been up all night doing studies <laughs> and uh, I woke up in the morning for a test and uh, my mom had uh, blocked the door basically and was like, are all your friends gay? And I was like, I don't know what that means. No. And she's like, are you gay? And I was like, yeah, but it is really too early for this conversation right now. And I got things I've got to do. And if you're just going to come at me, that's not going to work for me. And so uh, it didn't go very well after that. And uh, it was very, very difficult, even leading up to it, just because I don't think my mom really knew what to do with me. And my dad, he was out making money for the family. And when he was in, he was like, it's not really my place. You know, like my mom has to make all the calls 24 seven and I'm, I'm only here on the weekends. So like, how is it my place to make a call when I don't really know what the fuck is going on? And so like, he thought he was doing right by my mom and my mom, I don't know what she thought. I thought, I think the Spanish in her was tough love, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Cause there was one time my mom woke up <laughs> or I woke up, she had a list of shit she didn't like about me. Oh, and it was like dumb shit. Like, I don't like the way you, like how you talk to people. I don't like the way you stand. I don't like the way you dress. She would throw all my clothes away and make me dress in really hyper feminized clothing. Oh boy. And would have to clear my clothing when I would go on vacations. She would make like have to make sure I didn't look boyish enough because she didn't want to feel the repercussion or didn't know how to bridge. And now, mind you, I'm 41. I can look back and be like, that's fucking tough. When you have no ruler or no educational background you're kind of left alone she used peruvian you know she was my dad just had he started flying she was like what the fuck am i doing with two kids right trying to figure this out and not fuck them up only to fuck us up right but her response to your 
I'm assuming that you were presenting more masculine oh, based yeah. off of what you're oh, telling me. Yeah. Okay. And so her, <laughs> Oh, that was a point of contention. And so her, <laughs> her comfort with you is let's put you in the most feminine thing possible because then maybe you'll seem less gay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or not even less gay. I think my mom and she'll say it till this day. I don't care that she, I didn't care that you were gay. She just cared that I presented more masculine and that would be hard. This is the, 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 the brain game, right? Right. I just was scared that the world wouldn't look at you the same and you wouldn't be presented the opportunities as if you played the game being more feminine, but you can do whatever the fuck you want behind your closed doors. I don't care. But the truth is, yeah. I think that's all like a guys or like what what the the program tells them to tell themselves to be okay with certain things that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it caused a rift. Yeah. Let's just say that. It right. caused a hard rift for for very many years and and years that I tried to explain it to her. Um, and then it just came to a point where I was like, I don't. I don't know if it's shame, guilt, or just rewriting of history, but I'm not going to get what I need out of her in this realm. So I'm going to close the door on that. And it wasn't until I came out and honestly, that whole sentence. Oh my gosh. I know. Keep going. (laughs) I find when I came out gay versus when I came out trans to be very different. And we'll go, I guess. We'll-, well, that's kind of my question for you is that, so we, we talk about this a lot on our podcast that we recognize that there are differences in our sexual orientation versus gender. Yeah. Versus gender identity. And this is listen for us in the community. We're like, right. Like I understand orientation different than how I identify as my gender. This is a new concept for a lot of folks. And we talk about this a lot on our yeah. podcast of understanding the differences. So for you, orientation, I like women mm. that, that is clear. Said, yeah. I yes. like women, right? This I is like a, this women. is a very, I like women podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but at some point. Yeah. And this is the same for Alex and for you, Ren, you both were like, okay, it's not just that I like women. There's something else. It's an alignment. Okay. Yeah. Can you guys I, I, talk to us a little bit about that? You could go first, please. I actually, you know, I'm still learning about you and your background. So, (laughs) oh, um, the alignment of the alignment of gender versus sexuality. Is that where we're going? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd love to hear from both of you because I'm just a person that I just had to acknowledge my, my gender identity was like, yep. Um, the, yep. All the pieces and what's in between my brain I'm aligning. So orientation was, yes, orientation. I like women. I like being with women, but, but understanding you both went to orientation first and then identity or did it happen? Or like, how did you get language? Like walk us through that a little bit. Well, I was going to say with identity, I knew, I knew more or less my gender identity before I knew it was my gender identity before I knew I was gay. Yeah. So like, I I hear you on that. I feel like that might be confusing for people, but I hear you on that. (laughs) Like when I was younger, I thought I was a boy. Yep. Before I realized I was anything other, but 
then I was told I was other. So then, oh, okay, I'm a girl. I, then that doesn't matter. And then I was like, women. And that just, it's like so obvious. Why, why wouldn't it be so presentable? Like, I thought I was presenting male, but I didn't understand I could be anything other than what you're assigned at at birth. Yep. So, okay, we'll just put that on the shelf. Oh my God. And we'll say, I like women. <laughs> And think that we're there, <laughs> right? And that's as far that's as it good even, that's as far as it needs to go because anything other than it just there's it doesn't like does it even make sense to people? Does it even like how do you even make words for it? There are no sense. Uh, like there was so no if framework. I was, if I was to capture yeah. this in a sentence for both of you, it's that and 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 bro friend is actually here with us in the room tonight. They're not mic'd up. They're not mic'd up, but they're supervising all of us. You, you can sit next to Ren. Come on. You can bro friend can sit next to Ren. But part of what I'm hearing you guys say to me is: look, when I was a little kid. I was, and this is you with your shirt off in the yard with your dad. You're yep. telling me like, Hey, like when I was little, I'm like, I'm a boy. And then, I'm like trying to pee standing up. Like this isn't working. This isn't working. <laughs> so you, you both go to your identity as kids saying, yeah, you guys keep telling me that I'm a girl, but no, I actually don't feel that way. Nothing felt comfortable in that world. So yep. then you put that to the side. And then you come out, you sexuality. don't have a choice, you don't have a choice, mm-hmm. but to put it on the side because there's nothing else to do with it. Yep. There and, was nowhere to put it. Yeah. And you're left with this constant fog of like, what the fuck am I doing with myself? This is what I want, but I'm told I can't have that. And I get in trouble when I go that way. So I just. It's trouble like, being when, when you it's Pavlov, like right? put on a way that like would present more masculine. Yeah. Okay. And if every time I did that, I got in trouble, guess what? I'm going to stop doing that so readily. Yep. So things that were combined and attached to those things, I just denied only to take it out on myself later. Oh, yep. I mean, it's inevitable. You eat that shit somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. The energy isn't, is not neither created nor destroyed. It's gotta, it's gotta go somewhere. You gotta put it somewhere. Yep. Okay. So, all right. So both of you are, (laughs) this is like a very fun fucking conversation to have, by the way, it's like an elevated way of breaking this whole thing down. Like, and I haven't, I talk to, I talk about it a lot and I, I, it's like nice to actually have like a, a bro friends, a quorum, <laughs> a quorum around gender. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, because I, because here's the thing, and our listeners know this, I do things sequentially. So I go from A to B, mm-hmm. and and bro friend is going to appreciate this because they're my fellow Capricorn, and we do things in order. Yes, we do. Yes, we, we do, do things in order. Okay. So order for me is. And, and I'm assuming that sometimes you guys can cheers this out, but this is, this is how I think for our listeners who this, you guys might be the only trans folks that some of our listeners get to meet. So, and, and part of what people have given us as feedback in our podcast is that we ask the questions and we talk about the things that people want to know about trans folks, but they don't have a way to ask. Because they're not going to come up to someone and be like, hey, are you trans? Can I ask you? <laughs> or if you've learned anything, you probably shouldn't. You probably know. Right? Like, you shouldn't. Yeah, this, 
go to your podcast first before saying this yeah. from so this your friendly is, trans person. So here's, here is your friendly podcast with your two neighborhood trans folks that <laughs> I get to sit in a place of privilege to ask y'all all the questions. So you, you both come out or so you understand your gender identity but you're also understanding no place for this. So we're going to shelf this off to the mm-hmm. side and I'm going to go straight to orientation, which for both of you was like, oh, I like being with women. You know, it's the equipment. So I don't know if I can speak for you, but I mean, it is the equivalent of like a penis telling you the direction. Like I was like, you know, like I saw women in the first woman I was attracted to. I was like, there is no other. Right. And so how do you like, it's so hard for that to be masked as anything else. Like I could cognizantly bottle that up, but I knew enough because I also worked at the mall and I knew a lot of gay guys. (laughs) Can you just like move closer to us? Like we move closer to you and like live in this giant compound. Okay. Uh, was it over mall pretzels? <laughs> Were you working in a mall pretzel stand? Chinese food behind the cash register at PacSun. Before it. it was PacSun, it was Pacific Sunwear. <gasps> yes, it was. They rebranded. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So how, so now, so I'm assuming both of you've been out. We're, we're deep in our orientation. We know that we like women. As you're saying, like you see a woman it's and you're like, my penis went whoop, right. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. You and I have talked about. I'm looking at Alex right now. You and I have talked about this too, that you, there was this, you went to drag drag was your way of expressing the fact that you, your gender identity was in there somewhere. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is the best way to describe it, but I think where sometimes my, my non-binariness comes into play because I, I, I'm not. So I, I had a harder, for me, I had a harder time. Like, well, I'm not a, boy but i'm definitely not a girl but i'm more of a boy and that confused everything mm-hmm. and it took me longer it took me longer i want to like relative but it took me well it took me what it took me to, it took to you figure it took out you. Yeah. yeah which is okay yeah it takes all of us what it takes us right mm-hmm. okay so ren tell me when when did the concept for you of like okay yep i'm i'm coming out i i've come out as gay but I'm starting to feel like there's another come out here. So tell us a little bit about that. I was married. I was married a year already. And this is Rita. Rita. Who yeah. you are still married to. Still married, mm-hmm. which they say through a transition, only like less than 30% of couples make it through a transition as deep as we had gone through phalloplasty and everything. Oh. Um, lower. I oh, might okay. be even lower. Yeah. So the fact that we're still together is taking a lot of therapy. Hi, Rita. Hi, Hi Rita. Rita. So you and Rita get together. <clears throat> we, okay. So we got together and uh, we were sitting in living room bed, laying in living room bed, which we used to do is make living room bed <laughs> and watch TV. And we were watching the Chaz Bono mm. uh, documentary. Yeah. And Rita looked at me and was like, have you ever thought about this? I don't know. I mean, has that ever done anything? <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> right? Thoughts? Um, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. Okay. But what were your insides saying? My inside said, get on YouTube and look this up a little bit more. And so I was like, I don't know. It's just a lot. And I, you know, you go through the gaslighting of yourself, right. Which is like inevitable because it's deprogramming, right? Like your whole entire life, you've been programmed not to be a boy. You're not a boy. Don't you wear those boy clothes? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, yeah. don't you They're do that? They're so drab. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? You're a female. Why don't you just embrace your body? Like all the things that you're like, oh, that's just the messages that don't work. But those are the messages. They're the only ones you've got. So, I, you know, most of it is counteracting all of the messaging to make it okay to even start investigating about it. Right. Right. Um, but I'll give it up to like, uh, the online YouTubers that like hold strong through their transition and like keep us told what the story is. And cause that's like hard after you get through like a big chunk of it, you're just like, all right, I'm tired of talking about this shit, but I think it's important. And those are the ones that I, I, I mean, I sat for hours on YouTube and everything. And then Rita basically was like, why don't you, why don't you just look for a therapist? to talk about this. And she was like, you don't even need to think about like transition, but like you hate your boobs. So why don't we just start there and don't even take it any further. Don't make it a big fucking thing. And so I found a therapist who had only worked with one trans woman. So we're okay. working and then we're good. We're mm-hmm. good. Hey, we got, we're something. in, we're in the world. Yeah. We're okay. good. And uh, she was amazing. She actually, Help me less with my transitioning issues and more with my internal battles as to not accepting myself, right? Because the program was so thick that to even consider anything other than you got to sift through a lot of past blockages you build up to remind yourself that you can you can be something other than you can be contrary to what your program says that you can be or that you are. Right. Yeah. And so we did that. Uh, she was amazing. And, uh, I, I believe like therapists come into our lives during certain points in our lives. And sometimes they, you don't say, (laughs) and and sometimes they stick around forever and sometimes they don't. Um, so we're all laughing because bro friend, if you haven't figured it out yet is a therapist. Okay. Ren continue. (laughs) Life changer. Life changer. Light light bringer. (laughs) Right. Um, so yeah, I, I focused on accepting the fact that I was like, it doesn't mean I'm committing to my transition if I just take my boobs off. So you were thinking in your head, more of a non-binary-ish thing. But so you were dipping your toe into the trans pool. Yeah, it was, but it was like, that was cute. It was cute. It was just the beginning of my therapy, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so I was just kind of moving through one. And but as we moved through it, what I realized is my fear was scientific with hormones, not interpersonal. You know what I mean? Like I was so concerned with the chemicals and I got so caught up with this, this is like going to change my chemical makeup. And am I going to be who I'm going to be? This is taking because, hormone therapy. Yeah. Uh, hormone replacement therapy. And you know, you're told that like 
men rage when they're on testosterone. Oh, yes. Alex, oh, you yeah. and I went through that. That's been used, that against, was, yeah. used against me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the fear factory was in my brain, right? Yep. You're going to take this hormone. You're going to be fucking crazy. And it's going to make gonna you crazy. your wife. You're going to go on a murderous rampage. You're going to have no control over your sexual urges. I mean, the fucking stories that are woven of life. And it's so fucking weird. Yeah. So I I was, signed me up. I was in there. I was reading the pamphlets. I was signed up for it unknowingly, right? Like it was all unknowing. I didn't know that this was the program I was fed, right? Because to me, I'm like, I accept all the people for them. I didn't accept it with myself. Mm. I didn't accept it as an option for myself, right? Because why would it be when I was told my whole life it wasn't an option? Yeah. So you've been told your whole life, don't be a boy, don't be a boy, don't be a boy. And so now shame all of a sudden around wanting to be a boy. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you want to be a boy? Cool. Let's start down this path. And we're going to give you, it wasn't very easy. Yeah. We're going to give you testosterone, which obviously is like, what the fuck is this going to do to me? Do you want to have top surgery and top surgery? One of you two, please tell our listeners when we say top surgery, what do we mean? You want to Uh, chop off your boobs? No, get rid of them. Well, get rid of them. Double mastectomy. Yeah. Different ones, different, different kinds. Yeah. All but the different it, kinds. And then it's a sizes. bit of like yeah. the reconstruction of like yeah. where nipple is. And they can do like a, a masculine, masculine, masculinization. Well, because the nipples are different spaces compared to. Like yeah. And like they're yeah. sizing, like I hated, I, I hated my body. So I'm just going to end up like shaming my body. But I had like giant nipples that had to get like reconstructed and like to where I was like, I don't want the no, like they're not going to come with me into my boy body. Well, but even then, I don't typically a- see boys walking around with giant nipples. Right. We're like and a I pepperoni to, slice. I, my smaller. doctor didn't really have a lot of uh, point of reference. So he did a lot of studying up and did the best he could. Do I love it? It's good enough. It could How be did better. you feel though? So you go in, so you, you had told me you first did top surgery before you got into hormones because yep. that felt like a safer step. Yeah. Okay. Funny, right? Like yeah. chopping off and like changing my body felt more comfortable than internally. Like there was something like, you know, yeah. So I I'm dying to know though, because you said you were a larger chested. Yeah. You were 30, 60. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, we're not talking about a small, no, like we're not sizable. like a nice little, we're not wearing like itty bitties around. It hurt when I strapped them down. It's it. okay. Cause you were binding. I tried binding. And then I got stuck trying to get it off. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We have to explain binding. So thank you. First thank of all, also friends. don't bind with duct tape. Oh my don't gosh. Bind I was the exact same thing. Sil- like don't bind, get binders. If you're going to bind, there are ways to get them in giveaways. People are always re-gifting binders. Oh my gosh. Reach don't, out to Alex and I, we will send please. you a binder. So don't binding obviously being, don't, yeah, don't have Dr. An understanding J. of what binding is. <laughs> Alex or Ren, could you please explain to the people? First have to just make sure that disclaimer is made. What exactly is is binding? binding? Well, for me, it's just basically strapping my chest down to look um, male. I mean, to look... um, More masculine. To more masculine, masculine. Yeah. yeah. Like, I... 
Yeah. Oh gosh. It it basically puts pressure on your breasts to hold them down to minimize the effect in a shirt so that you present more aligned to the gender you want to present as. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that's a... I've used... Um, I mean, in, in, in my early drag days, I did use duct tape. Which can rip beast. your skin right. off and, of your body. And then you're really only in it for a couple hours, but at the same time, it's brutal. I've used trans tape. I have, I have actual like binders that I wear under my shirts. I'm just going to say again, if someone is out there listening and you're like, I need to bind my chest and you don't know how to get a binder, you know, the email, reach out to us, reach out to us. We will send you no shame. We will no send guilt. you a binder. Yeah. How to be queer podcast at gmail.com. Okay. Eutine will also help you connect with um, having something to safely bind your chest. Okay. So you decided we have to do these things because this is stuff that's just, this information is just not out no, there. No, I it's love It's just this. not out there. I love it. I'm here for it. So you, you decide, okay, the, the, having the top surgery. Yes. That I want to go that route. So you get the top surgery. What did you, when you could finally see your chest though, what so did I'm you not a, think I'm not when a, you saw it? I don't know. I don't think it all fully registered to be honest like top surgery felt good like when i laid down was when i registered i had top surgery like looking at it i to be honest like we all have body image issues and so i still you look a little fucking weird all right like you're post-op you just had a big bunch of fat dug out of your chest not to be like completely crude but that is ultimately what it is so you're a little concave Right. Like yeah. you're, and I mean, I didn't, I wasn't like fully built up. I didn't have like a chest or anything. So my, my muscles, like my pec muscles were, so I had like a concave chest and a belly and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> you know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, eventually you're like, oh, well, I need to figure out the proportion here because this looks weird for me, but it was still better than before. Yeah. So everything always comes back to like, yeah, I kind of beat myself up and whatever, like a normal fucking human, but it was better than before. And that's like everything. So no matter what, like I still love my body now because it feels like my body. Boobs didn't feel like mine. I didn't like being touched in a sexual manner there. Didn't like any of it. I didn't, I, I always... People, oh, man, you have your boobs. So you're so lucky. For someone else, not for me. So they just felt like a burden. They, I felt like oh, this is like a waste on my body. And I feel bad for everyone, I guess. <laughs> so how, so you, so after the top surgery, that's when you felt like, okay, I want to take the next step, which was. I had already months. been working through that with my therapist. So I was pretty ready by top surgery to get into taking hormone therapy. Like I was, I was already there. I had already kind of bridged the gap I had written. So by this point, before I even started, I had decided in therapy that I was going to change my name and I was starting, I was going to start living by different pronouns. And so I had already started shifting to those places like before but it was very controlled and like a handful oh, that's of a great people. way to 
yeah. you know? And like, I had a list of names. So oh. <laughs> I had a list of names and I would make Rita call to me. Like she needed to like me to grab something for her and see which one was the most natural. No kidding. And that's how oh, we wow. picked my name. And she wanted, she was crazy. She's like, Klaus. I was like, no, <laughs> I am poor. I am Spanish. Okay. I am a Peruvian Jew. That's not going to work. So even if it was like Niklaus, not going to work. And not that Renfield is like, you know, but she was like, we talked about it. She's like, you're so gentlemanly. And I wanted a nickname because I didn't have a nickname before. So I was like, Renfield. And it's Renfield syndrome. It's a blood syndrome. It's Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's a little dark, uh, but there's still like a gentlemanly name to it. And Ren just seemed to connect. And I just would answer. It felt natural. Like Ren. Yeah. Ma, 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 ma. I love that. I love because you and I talked about this a lot because you, you got to choose Alex too. And I'm, I'm always fascinated for like that ability to be like, yeah, I'm going to, I get to pick who I am in my name. Cause I remember when you, we had talked about Alex, can you share with everyone too, how you got to Alex? I don't know if we've ever shared that story on our podcast. I was just going to say, I don't think we have. And, and I remember, um, um, well, I knew it was not like a, like a list of names. It was like, it was right away. And I had heard that name when I was, I'd watched a movie. It was, um, you talked about your name being kind of dark. Like the name that I remember that I connected to is from also from a movie of a little kid that died. And it was, um, the movie of, of, of Alex DeFord and who had cystic fibrosis. Oh shit. And I was obsessed with this movie and this, this, this family and this, this, this kid's life. And I read the book and I, was just, I was, yeah. So I remember telling you, and then I remember going into therapy and just being like, it's kind of like this toe in toe out. I think I'm not, I mean, I think I probably presented it very, cause like, I think I'm this, but in, in my head, I was like, <laughs> I'm fucking Alex. Like you I've always it, known yeah. I'm Alex. And when it connects, it connects. And oh, that's like yeah. the thing is like, at some point you, there's like a minute where you feel like it's a little forced and then you're like, it's not. Yeah. But I had to re- remind myself, the only reason I'm questioning this right now is because I'm actually telling the truth and I'm not used right. to hearing the truth. But, right. Mm, mm. That's, I need you to say that again for everybody. The only reason this sounds weird right now is because it's the truth. And I'm not used to telling the truth, telling yourself the truth, right? telling myself the truth. And the truth for both of you is that you are Ren and mm-hmm. you are Alex. Yeah. But that was a truth. You guys were just living in your own space. You weren't yeah. sharing it with the world. So then to hear it externally, it was a little bit like, oh gosh, what's happening. I'm living a truth that I haven't been able to actually express to other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still remember the day that you texted me And we had talked about, you know, we had been probably very similar to you and Rita. Um, We had been talking about your transition and, um, you know, you have your list of people you're going to (laughs) tell when you're going to tell them how you're going to tell them. 
And as the partner, and I'm sure Rita would say this too, like you kind of feel like you're on call, like what's happening today and where, <laughs> what, what need, where, what do I need to be aware of? And I remember you texting me because we had talked about the name Alex because, okay, spoiler alert for people that are in their forties, the name Alex for me was Alex P. Keaton from Family Ties. Oh my Ties God, right. Mm-hmm. Because I loved him and I still love, even though he's like a total like Reagan Republican, but whatever, I loved the show and I loved his character. And I remember us having that conversation where I was like, I love the name Alex. And you were like, I love the name Alex. And then one day out of the blue, you were like, so I'm ready. And I said, what's your name? tell me your name, tell me who you are. And you said, I'm Alex. And I was like, all right. And I mm-hmm. never, after that, except for when we almost die in a fairy <laughs> Sometimes I went, I did slip into dead name. Sometimes it happens. It does. Sometimes it happens. I mean, it doesn't happen anymore after a while. It just literally dies. Yeah. Yeah. And that's happened yeah. with us too, that the name, your, your dead name is, is really dead at this point. Cause now when we almost get into a car crash, I actually say, Alex. Yeah. Well, and, and I remember, you know, like, you know, as in, in the beginning, like, you know, introduce, um, cause I teach classes and inter- I, one time I introduced myself as my dead name and everyone like, I was like, <laughs> and, um, it was, uh, for me, it felt Im- embarrassing but also like but everyone just kind of like knew and just people rolled with it and um but I want I was so excited to tell you I'm like but we we didn't live in the same house at the time Mm -mm. and I'm like I'm gonna text you this like in my head I'm like I'm gonna text you this 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 is monumental Mm -hmm. I'm telling you who I really am and I'm texting you but you gotta love technology yeah it's it's all good yeah okay so I want to get to because here, here's the thing, listeners, because you probably know this about me now. I love all the details. <laughs> I love all the details. And Ren has some very interesting details because Ren, you have done lots of surgeries. Yeah. I'm almost, uh, I'm pretty much almost complete with, so every, every person transitions as far as they want, right? Yeah. Because everybody loves their body to a different gradient. It's all levels. And, uh, I didn't love my body. I didn't, I didn't connect with it. I looked in the mirror. I didn't really like it. I didn't, I didn't want to be touched. I didn't, I didn't want any of that shit. Um, so, you know, I had been asked like, oh, uh, bottom surgery or, you know, what's the deal with that? Everybody wants to know about your genitals. I know. And we have to pause. Everybody wants to know what's in your pants. Like we've learned this. Everybody wants to know what's in the pants. When we say bottom surgery, what does bottom surgery actually mean? So I am a very open trans man. So no, as a very open trans man, it's okay to ask me questions, but not everybody is a very open trans man. So don't go around asking people about their genitals, first of all. Right. Like listeners probably realize this. I asked you permission before I stuck yeah. a microphone in front of you of what can I ask you? <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I will talk, I'll talk about genitals. So I had a vagina. I have a penis now and bottom surgery is. There's two different for uh, trans men. There's uh, metoidioplasty. There's phalloplasty. Metoidioplasty is like a extension of your natal. I'm going to say it all wrong. I'm so bad with terminology. 
like I call it a clit. So I'm just going to use my own verbiage, but I know that makes people uncomfortable. I'm comfortable with uncomfortable, whatever. (laughs) Okay. Use use all the words. And, uh, and phalloplasty is when they construct a penis for you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the penis. Okay. So I know I'm dying to know you all the questions. So let's do it. You decide after I'm sure probably a lot of work with your therapist, but different ones, right? Different. Okay. But I've graduated to a different (laughs) therapist that is a therapist. That's a little, uh, so when you're, here's another thing I think that it's important to understand is that transition isn't just like something that happens. Like I, I didn't just like wake up and be like, I today will be a man because I feel like (laughs) today I would like a penis. Yeah. Like it's, it's a process and you need a lot of sign-offs. So like, I know there is stigma to people like being like, oh, well, you know, what's going to hinder people from just, just picking that they're going to be a man one day and then just going into the bathrooms and even, you know, like crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But the truth is, is that before I could even have top surgery, insurance has you jump through a ridiculous amount of hoops Plus a therapist, you have to go to a therapist for at least like a year. Different, there are different insurances allow different things. You have to have different sign-offs. You have to live as a man for a certain amount of years, uh, especially with bottom surgery. You have to have your main therapist who you've been going to for a certain amount of years. And then you have to have a secondary who doesn't know you that just asks you questions to make sure you're in right mind to get through the surgery. Wow. And then you have all the other things that go along because the surgery is no. It's like a marathon. I have so many feelings about this. I can't even let's talk. Well, I guess feelings. Yeah. I guess the feelings, feelings, the feelings for me is that, you know, we're, we're all learning that you trust what you feel. Oh yeah. And then there's something where I understand what you're saying. Like this is not, this is, there's a lot of unknown and you're going to, cause it it wasn't, it is not just one surgery. It, you were, you're going to get to this and explaining to people like, this is not something to enter into lightly. No, but then there's this element of a person that doesn't know you has to sign off on you understanding the most basic thing about yourself. A lot of the people now um, at least the people I have access to and the people that want to help you genuinely want to help you. Okay. And so the therapists I had, uh, they referred me to the secondaries. So you have people that understand the process that understand, like not every therapist is going to understand what is needed. Some therapists may not understand and what will do the work because they genuinely want to do the work. Cause they just never gave, were given the opportunity to do the work and, but they, they want, um, others don't, and they want to fuck you over. And then other therapists know what the fuck they're doing and it'll blow right through. And you'll just go to the one therapist and they'll be like, okay, go to this therapist. They'll sign the thing. And then you go in there, they ask you a series of questions, fill it out. And the truth is if you're dishonest in that, you're in a world of pain. Because the amount of mental and emotional wherewithal to get through phalloplasty is no fucking joke. Okay. So I'm going to start asking. Let's do it. So phalloplasty, Mm -hmm. you with the work within the medical community, you're like, yep, this is the step I'm taking. Yep. How much are you willing to share about what that process is actually like? 
I, I mean, for me, my experience was very positive, even with the complications. I know people have had def- definitely variating experiences, so I don't speak for everybody that's gone through it. Um, I think our bodies are very, very variated. So healing, uh, you'll never go through a surgery like this, so you can't prepare for it. And guess what? It's unknown. Even to the doctors who do it in and out, every even heart surgeries go wrong because people are fucking different. Right. So you walk into it. And the one thing I did go into it knowing was whatever I have in my mind is probably not going to be what's going to come out the other side. So what was in your mind when you went into it? I, we, I didn't think I was going to be like Mandingo or anything like that. But like, <laughs> no Dirk Diggler. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. I'm not like trying to like come out with like a seven inch dick or anything like that. But I was, you know, like I fucked with dildos, you know? And so you're like, okay, well, dildos, dildo size. Is that good? Can we do that? I kind of know what to do with that size. Like, can we just go with that? Like, is that a generic? Can I just sign up. I like this size. Is that that viable? Um, but it's really like, there's so many elements to it. Like I was slate. So there's, um, in phalloplasty, you have your two main ones that they used to consider, um, as, uh, what's the word? Um, not exploratory, like kind of new, new surgeries, but they're no longer like they, they know what they're doing now. Um, and that's radio forearm and uh, ALT, which is, I don't know, I'm not a doctor. Uh, but ultimately, one is your forearm, one is your thigh. Now, before you do anything, you have to be hairless. So I had to have electrolysis. So I was actually slated for ALT, which is my thigh, but I went through almost a year of electrolysis and my hair grew back just as thick. Oh my gosh. But you can't have hair in your urethra, that. right? If you have hair in your urethra, you get a lot of buildup. You cause a lot of problems. So they, they want you to have a clear urethra. So just so, because I'm trying to understand this and I'm sure somebody <laughs> else is going to have this question out there too, because the hair follicles, because they, you were t- explaining to me that they, when they remove the skin, mm-hmm. they roll it. Yeah. So, uh, it's called flap and flap. So it's like they roll half of the flap in and then the other flap goes around it. So if there was hair follicles still growing, yeah, that's going to be problematic. Right. Cause it'll just end up, it could create blocks, blockages, um, because I mean, if you think about like UTIs and everything, like those are crystals that build up over time and everything like that. So it's the same thing. Um, and then bacteria collecting, it's just not favorable. Right. Okay. So, so it's a year of electrolysis. Some people less, it just really depends. Some people none cause they're fucking hairless, which congratulations to you all. Okay. Um, but my hair grew back completely. So I had a scheduled surgery. And when I went in to get checked out, they were like, oh, this is simply not going to do. And I knew it. And I was like, what are our options? And he looked at my forearm and he's like, your forearm is really skinny. Like, I don't think you're going to be happy with the results you're going to get if we do a radial forearm. I was like, well, I don't want, if you're telling me that, Mm -hmm. then I don't fucking want that. And he's like, well, you could do more electrolysis. And I was like, I don't have faith in that either. 
And I was like, and not having this is not an option. So what are our options? So they, they essentially though, to be able to build what it is, that's going to make, that's going to be affirming to your body. They Mm -hmm. have to take skin from different parts of the body, either the forearm or the inner thigh. Yeah, and, and sometimes like, both. You can have your stomach, you can have your uh, side, like it's like a certain level of like fatty tissue and nerves and everything. Uh, but they found that like the forearm, like these areas tend to be the the best. But is I, it because of the level of sensitivity? I think it's seven sensitivity, it's blood. Um, I think there's like an, a thinness of skin. Um malleability, I'm sure. But I mean, that's probably like a better conversation for like a surgeon. Right. Um, but I think everybody's body's so different that your doctor is going to be the only one that can kind of tell you like what you're really going to come out with the best result. Right. Um, because yeah, you can go into it thinking that, you know, what the fuck you're talking about and then walk away with something that you didn't know and then blame the surgeon and the surgeon's like, well, that's what you wanted. Yeah. When the truth is that the surgeon was probably telling you the whole time. I told you it wasn't the right one. But for me, right or wrong, and this is where you get into this conundrum, right? Right or wrong, let's fucking do this. Like, I need to figure this out. And so he well, would, this kind of like goes back to what you were saying before of like, is my, my body is better than it was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's recognizing that like, you know, you're saying like, Hey, like I've had sex with dildos before. Are we going for that? Or are we going for, this is going to feel better than, cause you said like, yeah. you did not love having a vagina. Yeah. That did yeah. not feel good. No, to you. you didn't like being touched. You didn't. And I'm sure like you're married to Rita. I'm sure you probably want to be experiencing things with Rita that are going to feel good for you. And too. I'm sure she wants to not feel intimidated by touching me, but I'm like, don't, don't, not there. And everything was a fucking boundary, right? Because it made me uncomfortable with somebody I love because I didn't like my body. Yeah. Right. So what happens? You go in for surgery number oh, one. So, uh, so eventually oh, I, the actually, electrolysis so no, works. Or? No, no, I actually, um, so I ended up, they offered an option, which was, a, I was, I'm the fourth person. I'm in a medical journal. Yay. Yay. Uh, so I'm the first person fourth person, I guess in the nation or something to have it done, but it's called composite where they create my phallus, which is like the medical term, my phallus, uh, utilizing two different, uh, skin flaps. So in, when you're talking about like donor sites and things like that, uh, they start talking about like free flaps and, uh, pedicle flaps or something like that, where they weave arteries around crazy magic surgeon shit. Um, but they basically created my penis, uh, with two, two pieces of skin from two different areas of my body, which is a rarity. So what that meant for me was a hell of a time recovering. Cause you said this was a 12 hour, it was a 12 hour surgery. So RFF, what will occur is your arm will be in a cast because your arm eats the chunk of like, literally like a chunk of your arm gets taken out. So you're down an arm. And then two weeks later, you'll go in and you will get a skin graft from your thigh to put onto your arm. So that skin will grow back and everything looks quasi normal or close to right. Um, and then ALT, when you go into surgery, they actually do the, uh, 
skin graft at the same time. So you're down both legs while you're in in the hospital. For me, I was down three limbs. Oh my God. I didn't have a thigh. I had my right leg, which was a skin graft for both my thigh and my arm. And my arm was down. So I had my arm in a cast and both my legs were out of commission. And for four weeks, I was laying horizontal and I had to get up out of bed using one arm. And I had a five minute time limit on the toilet. And when you're stopped up with a lot of painkillers, that can, that five minutes, I mean, it felt like a life, it was a lifetime. Um, But yeah, it was, it was one of the hardest things to do. Many, I thought I was prepared mentally. Like I knew it was, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The key is I can't move. That's going to be hard. That's going to be hard. What I wasn't prepared for was it's hard to watch life go by and not be able to do anything. Well, cause I imagine too, run, like you had been waiting to live in this body, your yeah. true identity. You now have the surgery and it's like, lie here and wait and not be able to get up. Yeah. And it's lie here and wait. And then you gain a lot new, new, new injuries. Like for my one penis, I have a lot of scars and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of scars, a lot of scars. It's like six or seven surgeries in now. So it's not, it's not even just the one it's then all of the other surgeries that yeah. follow every doc. So the doctors do it different. Um, but it is a lot for your body. So I opted with a doctor that staged things out. Some doctors will do like everything at once, but you're going to end it. Like not a lot of bodies can take that kind of intensity. Right. So, well, cause we're not just talking about like the look of what, when you look, when you look down and you see your body, what you physically want to look at, mm-hmm. it's also the functionality of like, you have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So, uh, it's called urethral lengthening. Um, so some guys actually will not go through phalloplasty and get, so you can get phalloplasty with urethral lengthening. You can get phalloplasty without urethral lengthening. You can get phalloplasty with your, uh, without, uh, a vaginectomy. You can yes, get, I asked you, yeah. what is the vaginectomy? Okay. So in, I'll break down the phase. So you have phases, right? Like you'll have to have a hysterectomy. You can do, um, you have to hist- have a hysterectomy if you choose to have a vaginectomy. Um, right. Because they literally have to remove the parts of your body that would be causing bleeding because yeah. they're going to sew up. Yeah. You have to have an outlet for things because your body as a, as assigned female at birth has to cycle things out. Um, so I had a hysterectomy in phase one. And phase one is just ultimately like you get, it looked like a little sausage. And I had to like convince myself that, you know, like the statue of David was first a block of marble. (laughs) You know what I mean? It sounds dramatic, but like my penis was a sausage. And it looked looked like it was tied off at the end. And it just looked like a sausage, like freshly steamed sausage. It looked just crazy. 
And it was because I didn't have a glands and it had no details, but you have to start somewhere and make sure that it's healthy. Right. Like right. is blood moving there is thing like, is the rest of your body going to accept it? And so, um, I had a hysterectomy. I had that. And then my, so your, your stages are the building phase and then they do all the internal, like the, the oil change. If you okay. So they do your vaginectomy and, um, they kind of start building, uh, I called it my coin purse. Okay. <laughs> but it's like your sack, like basically like your, oh, so your it looks like you have text. So it looks like you have testicles. Not yet, but it's like, uh, basically, um, they, <laughs> it's going to like mutilate in okay. a way, like your labia and like your vagina, your vaginal canal and everything. And your labias, I mean, in theory, right? Like when we're in embryo, like labias or gonads, right? Like they're just all the kind of all the, yep. it's all, I'm probably like wrong in that anatomically, but it's like, I think we get your so, point. Like when we're, when we're, when we're in utero, yeah, right? like, like we kind of all have the same parts and then those parts develop into, and they shift into different places, and they shift into different but they're places. all kind of meant for similar things. Yes. So like understood my labias are now just my nutsack. Right. Because labias That's, would be the out that the outer right. inner lips are actually going to look like really a clit similar is really like just a penis. penis. Right. right. So if you Ovaries start thinking are, about it in, mm-hmm. in those contexts, like it's really rearranging my body for me. Yeah. You know, so a vaginectomy and a scrotal, it's called like a scrotal, pa- a scrotal plasty is basically like they, they sew up your canal and they utilize your labia to create a scrotal sac. And then that has to heal before they can put an implant or anything in. Okay. Um, and then after that, pending all goes well, then you go into your um, erectile devices which till this day, there's still not one meant for trans men. So we try to make a cis man's device work in a non cis man's body. Okay. You're going to have to explain that to me. Okay. There is no FDA approved device for trans men's phalloplasty penises. And do you mean like, there's literally no device to make for a trans man, their penis erect? There is, but we utilize a cis man's device. So for a cis man's anatomical body, we make work for a trans man's body. So we haven't yet developed some career. It's like, there's obviously a difference between those body parts, because as you've just explained to us, like when you're going through surgery after surgery to have your penis function the, the methods that they're using are for a cis man, which your body is which different is than it work. Right. Which is making Lots of it te- work. And but who knows? Okay. Who knows? What do those systems do? Is it like a, cause I, so we're asking the wrong person as a lesbian, like <laughs> right. how, how do these systems work? But right. Give me a rough explanation. So you've got two different devices. You've got a pump and you've got different companies, but ultimately you've got a pump and you've got a semi-rigid or malleable. Um, and a pump is a saline reservoir that lives in your abdomen, a, that connects to a tube that goes into the shaft of your penis. And then there's a tube that goes into one of your uh, testicular pouches. And that's where your pump goes. And then the other is a scrotal sac. And when you start pumping, the saline goes into the tube, which then makes makes it hard, makes your penis erect. 
Okay. And uh, then deflates and the saline goes back into the thing. And then you've got a malleable. And all of these are attached to your pelvic bone. This is fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So then the malleable is like no accoutrement. Okay. It's just like, it's just, it is like um, a steel cable inside of a like tube. Um, and that's one. And the other is like, uh, like joints okay. in a tube, but it's called malleable. And it's kind of, um, you're always a little hard because it's kind of, it, it's, it's a hard piece of thing inside of you. But what allows you to have sex and have penetrative sex is that you can just lift it. So you have to, so obviously you're, you're going to have your gas and your brakes and you're okay. I'm ready to have sex, but there's still things that you manually have to manipulate yeah, there's no, to be able to it's get. Like a, it's like a cis man with erectile dysfunction. They won't, they will either have to utilize something to get a device or, or something, but we don't have, we have blood flow and we have nerves which allow the penis to survive and allow you to have touch and sensation, but not necessarily but you can't erection control it. Like I can't sit here and close my eyes and be like, get hard. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but I do feel tech, uh, tactile sensation, not everywhere. It's still like, I forget the science behind it, but like your nerves generate over time. So patience is the virtue with here. Okay. So at the beginning, I really didn't have anything. I had my implant. I had uh, the pump and then that all got taken out and I'm going back for a malleable um, or the semi-rigid just because I'm already part of a, like a weird, complicated surgery that I should just not complicate it and get like an easier system. Okay. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Well, I, I, I think it's just understanding. I know it's, it's so much, it's so much information. It's so much information, but it's, it's also just, I go back to like when I'm listening to you and because I think the way that people talk about transitioning, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of talk of like, it's the simple one and done process and it's just, it's not, you have to want, this is, this is. I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean no, to no, no, go. I, I was just talking to a couple of buddies of mine. Complications. Like we've all had, um, like if you've gotten into the surgery, you've had at least one complication. If you come out scot-free, good for you, but it's the rarity. Mm-hmm. I do it all over again. Well, I guess that was kind of where I was hoping we could go is so thank you so much for walking us through you being, you know, obviously very vulnerable and very open about like, this is what has actually happened to my body. Yeah. This is, this is the people that have touched it, that have operated on it. But if I want to understand though, cause you've been through, your body's been through a lot, Oh yeah. but how do you feel? So there are two times in my transition that I felt the most me. And the first time was after I had been on testosterone for a little bit and I looked in the mirror and my face had changed to the face I always expected to see. And that was one. Okay. And then it was after, I think it was stage, stage two, 
I got my glands, right? Which is the head of your penis. And I had been doing, so one of the things is this is a heavy surgery. So I took a lot of time to focus on getting my mind and my body in order. And uh, I looked in myself in the mirror. After everything, like I've got a lot of scars. So I accept the fact that I have a lot of scars. And um, I mean, you're talking about huge chunks, swaths of skin being taken out. But all that aside, I looked at myself in the mirror with a full beard, shaved head, and a dick. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I don't hate this. I'm into this. And I didn't have to clean a vagina again. I didn't have to worry about all that fucking everything that I used to hate. I just... I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. This is what it's all about. And I I would never, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish my dick was bigger. I wish it worked. I wish, I wish a bunch of shit. But every, every day I get out of the shower, I look at myself, I do not hate it. Yeah. Every day for years, I'd get out. I wouldn't even look at myself in the mirror for years. I wouldn't let people touch me. And now I put my wife's hand on me because I want to be touched. I guess that was like my, my next question that all the things I'm not supposed to ask, but I'm going to ask anyway, because you know, somebody wants to know, because I want to know, and I'm a pretty ordinary person. <laughs> what is, so your wife identifies as a, how does your wife identify? For or- uh, yeah, no, no, no. That's a, that's a good fucking question. Um, pan. Ah, okay. Uh, but I will say like at the beginning, like a lot of things There's have a changed lot of over the last five plus six years around being trans and being a trans, like at least in my world, like I've seen a, a lot of the conversation in the public world really change around it, become more accessible. Um, she had to mourn a little bit, right? Like she had to mourn the excitement of like lesbian. She Mm -hmm. was straight before me. So she was gay for the first year of us being together and everybody in her family were like, Oh yeah, she's gay. And I was like, just, just kidding. She's actually straight. She's straight with a twist. (laughs) And so it was like, I like that straight with a twist. Yeah, because it's not, you know, like we're not a fucking like we're not a hetero couple, but we're a hetero couple because I have a penis and she has a vagina. Mm-hmm. Right. But like we're so much more than that. I mean, I would love to think that any couple is more than uh, their body parts. Right? But when you're when you go from being queer to being into this world where your queerness is not, it's not even fucking like um, recognized anymore. You know, like I live in backwoods, Washington, and everybody thinks we're a straight couple. They think I'm some down home motherfucker (laughs) with my John Deere tractor and they don't know any fucking different. Right. And that's my safety though, in those areas. I can understand that, but they don't get the twist. 
Well, I guess that's, and this is something Alex and I, and Alex unfortunately had to leave the room because either Captain Underbite or a child has needed something. So listener, I'm sure listeners, they will be back, but this is something Alex and I have talked about um, because I get this question a lot, right? That Mm -hmm. I identify as a lesbian, but I'm with someone who um, identifies as non-binary. So can I still be a lesbian if I'm with someone who's non-binary? And I'm like, I can actually be whatever the fuck I want. Exactly. That's the first answer. Yeah. And I've I've always explained it to people that, you know, who I am isn't dependent on who I'm with. Right. I am what I am. I am who I am. And regardless of who I'm with and what body parts that they have, that doesn't actually dictate my identity. No. So there's that. But I do think for you, and and I've met your wife, she's, she's, she's very beautiful. She's fucking hot. She's very beautiful. She's cool as shit. And she's hot as fuck. Well, and she's like really smart and really interesting. I, know, so I don't you, know what the you, fuck I did. I don't know what that. you hit the jackpot. I know she's pretty fucking smoking. <laughs> so she, <laughs> but I do find it like, I'm wondering like for people that know your story, like, do you guys have to spend a lot of time being like, eh, do we have to explain what we are? Or can we just be, um, I, I, you know, we, we just are we honestly, just are. um, because the truth is, and, and <laughs> people are either too nervous to even approach the subject as strangers um or they're like so ridiculous that you're like what that you almost feel like you have to educate a little bit um but yeah i mean i also stopped making decisions that make me have to think about that often Mm -hmm. i don't want to think about my transness Right. right. Like mm-hmm. that is not who I am. I am a lot more than that part of me. Oh, we talk about that a lot on this podcast. Yeah. And I feel like it's really easy because the surgery makes like transition makes you focus a lot about like it, it could easily build a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Right. Because everything all of a sudden starts circling around you, your transition, how you feel. Uh, yeah. You're forcing change around you. It's not just you. Everybody yeah. is involved in it where you have to also take a minute and take a beat. And hormones also make you fucking crazy. Well, Alex and I've talked about this actually quite a bit that the the period that they and there's obviously their transition, like it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily end, right? No, like no. it's it's continuous. But we've talked about how as a couple, when Alex started transitioning. It, it, there is a bit of like, it can feel like narcissism because it takes up um, an enormous amount of space in a relationship. And so, and I know that this is something that Alex mm-hmm. is really sensitive to because they're like, you know, and I'm also like, how many times are we going to talk about your transition? Like I'm a, I'm, I'm a person here and I'm a queer person and I have my own things that go on, but because of the enormity, I think of what transitioning is it, it. And so when you were saying like, Hey, 30% is what of couples that survive, you know, I, I, there's no way I'm ever leaving Alex. Like, you know, we basically like look every morning at each other and we're like, Oh yeah, this is it. We are still Still in it. it. We're still in it. But I also understand for both of us where you're like, this is the real shit that goes on in a relationship. One of you is about to take on something enormous that is going to have an effect on your partner. Well, there's a mourning period, right? Like mm-hmm. your mourning identity, your mourning a body that you were comfortable with, your your mourning their comfort and their uh 
ability to move in their life and like then the fear of like well what happens if something in the world doesn't take them in and and doesn't love them the way I do oh yeah you know I think it's really easy to negate the immense need like I couldn't have gotten through this transition without Rita and so Mm -hmm. it's crazy to me that so many partners don't make it through mm-hmm. because good about or ugly like there were parts in the transition where you know it wasn't pretty it was hard to communicate even i i had a couple fucking cornerings of your being an asshole get your head out of your ass like i don't know what the fuck you think you're doing like stop being a, a jock ah uh. You know, Uh stop being toxically masculine because the thing is, is that, hey, hormones are hormones. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they can be blinding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I told myself, I have a couple people I trust. Mm -hmm. And if both of them are saying the same thing, I'm going to just lay down my arms. I I fought. I was not. (laughs) I didn't just lay down my arms very easily. Mm -hmm. I fought, but I eventually did listen. And, uh, and because of that, it it allowed me to really ground myself in my transition and, and understand what it means to be a good man and to also be a good trans man. Because there's, I'm dying to ask them, what does being a good trans man mean for you? For me, it's, for me, it's owning my femininity and my masculinity as one, um, owning my past. I'm not ashamed of who I was. Um, and I'm not trying to bury it. Right. Like my history is who I was, my history, how I came up, the difficulties I had as a woman in life, they don't go fucking away. Mm -hmm. So I have to own that as my experience. I don't just negate that. So to be a good trans man is to be a good man because it's taking the ownership of your pasts, your education of how you were treated as a woman and paying it forward as a man in society. I got to like pause on that for a second. I remember my moment. I was, I was recently just talking about this with a friend of mine where I understood women's fear. Uh, and it was, I was, it was late night. I was stoned. I was going to get ice cream. <laughs> Those two <laughs> things should always go together right away. Right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I went to our local fucking grocery store. It was late night. Dark. Woman was coming out. She was stumbling, hands fumbling in the parking lot. And I was going in. I am, if not over helpful, but I didn't really necessarily put situation into regard. And so I got, Hey, let me help you. Mm-hmm. I was in a hoodie. I was in shorts. It was dark in an empty parking lot. And this woman locked up. I had not, I had up until this point, I'd never experienced 
how women are actually terrified of men, as especially at night. And I'm a, a bald lot. head. Yeah. I'm short, but I was a bald head, big bearded motherfucker, right? Like just walking nice. Nothing yeah, intimidating, I your but point, sh- I watched her fucking lock up. I couldn't have run to the other side of the parking lot. I had good night. Have a good night. It was the most gratifyingly terrifying moment because I was like, I'm a man. Oh, fuck. I'm a man. Whoa, that's heavy shit. And it just that's the thing, right? That moment is what I take into my transness as a man. I don't take those moments for granted, right? I understand what my existence in a space means to women. Right. And I fail regularly. I like to take up space. I like to talk over women. Sometimes I mansplain, but I'm the first fucking person when you say it to back off. Cause I'm you sorry. know what it felt like. Yeah. Like, fuck man, my bad. I don't question it. I, I really, I rarely try to uh, battle it or anything. So that's what I mean is like, if I'm being a good trans man, it's by taking my female experiences and applying it and to applying what it means it. to be male. Yeah. And to be male. In a and way it's that, hard. Like, it's hard because hormones, up. the truth is, is hormones are blinding as fuck. So the thing is, is that it's really easy to forget who you were because of who you are. And, you know, for a moment, my hormones were like fucking driving me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it was uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Like I felt like a fucking kid. Yeah. Alex and I have talked about that, that when they went, um, when the testosterone actually started hitting them, <laughs> you know, well, they said it was things like, and it sounds super crass, but we actually put this in one of our podcasts though, that they would, they would literally like, you know, it, it wasn't just like your sex drive. We were like, oh my gosh, I'm having sex with this person. And I love having sex with this person, but need. like the wind could blow the wrong way and rub something against you. And it's like, I need to go take care of this. Um, and I remember Alex and I talking about this. I wish that they could be in the room right now. Cause they would obviously speak much better for themselves than, and it's almost uncomfortable. I'm going to say this, but it's only cause I know them and we've talked about this, but that, that, that like adding testosterone and what that did to your sex drive, it's real. It's not just some made up thing. Like it hit them and, and having testosterone in their veins, like it hit them in ways I... with drive that they had not felt before. I unchecked sexual energy. You understand why it can be dangerous. You know what I mean? Like having this little level of insight. And I've said it before is like hot take. Unchecked testosterone without good harnessing and good morals is why power and evil things happen in this world because of how fucking blinding it is. And if you don't fucking have a recollection that there are things that are hormonal that I need to actually be contrary to, like, I understand the idea of like, if you don't have control over self-will or like desire, like the amount of rush sometimes testosterone will give you. If unchecked, I can see why it could be like where people are like, I get ragey or and it's insist- and, and it's not, but this isn't just a trans thing, right? Like this mm-hmm. is a male thing. Like I'm not just talking about like synthetic hormone. I'm talking about testosterone as a 
a hormone. And I'm not talking about science. I'm talking about experience, right? Like we think about incels. We think about like rapists. We think about people who have this idea of blinding power and, and use and utilizing sex as this blinding thing. It is blinding hormones. Hormones are fucked up. Well, I mean, partly like, I think of like, <laughs> like we think of, we think of our last president. Right. Where there he thought absolutely nothing of saying, well, I see a beautiful woman and I just can't stop myself. I just walk up and we heard it all. We yeah. heard it exactly from his mouth in Un- the, Holly, the Hollywood access puberty. Video. That to me was absolutely unchecked testosterone, masculine toxic toxicity. It's and Billy Bush laughing like a little fucking kid in at puberty. It. If you and, and this is the one insight I feel like trans men have because we're introducing testosterone into an estrogen-based mentality is there is a, um, you can see it take you. You can see where, you can see where it happens, or at least I saw it. I'm like, I can see where this can be dangerous if not harnessed correctly, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's, it's a power that comes in that you're like, it's the whole idea of like, I don't know where to put this energy. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to constructively use the energy, it's going to go against you. Same thing. It's a sexual energy that if you don't know how to actually manage it, you know, it's like why they say like boy, like little boys will like end up in the bathroom for hours and hours unchecked, like puberty and sexual. Oh, like from what is it? Weird science where the mom is like, Gary, I thought you were doing your hair because he's like locked oh in the bathroom for five hours. <laughs> well, and, and very different, right? Way. Gary, I thought you were doing your hair. <laughs> he's like, I was doing my hair, mom. Not I, just doing his hair. Uh, I can't think straight. It takes me like I did TMI or whatever, but like I am a everyday jerker offer and I can't think straight. Like it is weird. It is a brain thing. It's a brain thing. It's not, it's a like physiological brain thing. Well, you know, is that weird? It's not, it's not weird because Alex and I, in our last episode, we talked about um, this book that we both read, which is, is called come as you are, which is understanding women and orgasms and breaks. And this whole, this whole concept around breaks and accelerators, right? So women have, um, things that stop them from wanting to have sex and then accelerators, things that want them to want them to have sex. I need to read about this. And it's, you know, so I, of course I'm like, I got all sorts of breaks. I'm like, there's laundry to do. There's, there's, you know, I, I don't know, like it's not sheet day or maybe it is just sheet day. And we've just cleaned the sheets. Like my brain is constantly running with like all of the breaks that I'm supposed to be where it's like, well, I can't have sex because of these things. And so Alex and I were talking about this, but then I also have accelerators. Like, you know, there's definitely, and for, for me, accelerators are more around emotional stuff, a conversation Alex and I'll have, um, really connecting on something, songs, smells, memories, all this stuff. Those are my accelerators. So I'm, I'm talking with Alex and I'm like, so tell me, Alex, like, what are your brakes and accelerators? <laughs> and Alex is like, so brakes what, what, um, what's a break. And, and so basically them telling me, like, you could tell me less have sex. And they're like, "Uh uh-huh. There's no break. They're all accelerator. 
And so partly I'm like, well, was it always like that? Did testosterone add an element to it? Is that part of like, we're non-binary and that they have, they do have like a bit, you know, they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm, this is who I am. I wonder if this is where you start going into that physiological thing that we don't know about, right? right? Where it's like, um, I always love sex. I love sex too, and but no, my mind but, sometimes will go to, there's a dirty Rita, dish in the I sink. Think like Can Rita, I have sex while there's But I feel like Rita sink. is the same way. Like if, I think women, um, women who are more, I, I don't even fucking know the right words anymore to say around this world, because it's like, there is a, a, the women that I know it's easy for them to get caught up and that instantly turns them off from sex. And that's the break. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, the wind could blow differently. And I, to me, even if I'm not in the mood for sex, you're I, in the mood for, sex. I'm in the mood for sex. Like even <laughs> if I'm even the if, like the e-break is never on. Right. Well, that's a lot. Like sometimes I can be really, really stressed out and like the e-break will be on. And it's just like, I can't get out of my head to get into this, but yeah, I do feel like uh, physiologically, I think I was always a dude. Yeah. Like, and and I think that that, it, it, like there's science, like I'd be curious what my brain function would look like because I think there was like a, that doc that, what's her name, Katie Keurig did or whatever. And she talked about like the male, the gay oh, yeah. brain and all that stuff. Well, and like trans they've, brain and- they've done a lot of studies that will do brain scans that show- Oh, that yeah. your brain, your brain, the day that you were born was a male brain. I am like, it's funny. Cause I am like, I wonder if I was like a hermaphrodite and during those ages, you know, they always defaulted to one sex yep. or the other. And I was like, they must default to fucking female because I'm not. And I'm like, I don't think anybody would ever really tell me I was a preemie anyway. And so I like have all my, my theory. It doesn't matter. In the end, I'm like, I've, I've always, yeah, it, uh, I have no, I wish I had a break, but Rita's got all breaks, small accelerators and I'm accelerator. If she like, even today, like I, 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 I I haven't even seen her today because I was at my sister's house before I left. I haven't seen her today. She like messaged me something and I was like, oh my God. You want to have sex? I'm so fucking horny right now. <laughs> and it's like, I don't even know. And she's like, what the fuck did I do? I, I just talked about the cats. And I'm like, it was the way you texted it. I don't know. So you're so hot. You're so, hot. so Alex is Alex is back with us. They had to step out of the room for a minute. Um, but we had to, we were talking about um, Alex, we're talking about the break in accelerators because Ren obviously having a very interesting life of understanding testosterone and what testosterone did. And I, we were sharing about breaks and accelerators where like, I have a list of breaks, right. And I was just joking. I'm like, there could be a dirty dish in the sink at night. And I'm like, breaks, breaks, breaks. The house is in perfect condition because somehow the house has to be in perfect condition for me to be like, let's have sex. And your breaks are well, mine's like, let's do the dirty dishes and so we can go accelerate. Right. Like, you, like you're just like, yep, we're getting it done. <laughs> How long is this going to take? Five minutes? I got it covered. Don't worry. You just I can do it. Here we go. Go ahead and pop in the shower. By the time you come out, dishes done. Everything's ready to go. So, but did you feel when you started, um, when you started taking testosterone, 
how did your sex drive change? Cause I was trying to, and you know, I, I did cop to the fact I'm like, this isn't happening to me. I'm trying to like capture what Alex have said, but like you said, like the wind could blow a certain direction and you would be like, and I'm right. I would like sit wrong, sit, sit down. (laughs) Let's go. The pants would rub just a certain way. And you're like, huh? I wasn't thinking about sex, but for some reason, that would be great right now. <laughs> and is it because you've been, you you both have obviously been on T now for years. Yeah, I've been on for two and a half years. Six. And is it very s- different varieties of T too? Yes. But is it still this way for both of you that like T, like even after all this time, it's still like wind blue sex? Yeah. <laughs> 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 is that weird is that no. pretty much i'm like same for you yep okay uh, i mean there's it's uh, like i'm less like bratty when i don't get it which i definitely realized at the beginning when i first got on t i was like i want sex and it was like not attractive <laughs> but it was like i couldn't think of it anything i was like i just want to have sex like that is on my mind, I can't think of anything else than sex. But sex, food, and working out, which sounds silly and like, what a bro. But literally, it was like I had so much energy, I needed to get it out somewhere. Mm-hmm. And all of those things are ways to get it out. There's like something very primal at the beginning of your transition. Like you go into this very primal place. You're just like sex, move things, eat (laughs) sex, move things, eat, do the thing. And then all of a sudden you're like evolved human. I wish you could take camera on your face right now. Right? But yeah, there's something weird and you're watching it and you're like, I am so much more than this, but I can't get out of my own way. Sex, move things, eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my, I start on a, on a low dose in the beginning and it was like day by day, like, how has my voice changed? It's only been 32 <laughs> hours and 26 minutes since my first dose. Like we were talking about a little bit about like, as you go through transitioning, it can be a little bit like you can fall into narcissism a little bit for a period of time. Oh my gosh. Yes. And yeah. And I was terrified, terrified of being like the asshole dick. Like, cause I was like swinging to this other place. I'm like, fuck. Swing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, because we're adults. Right. And when you transition a little bit later, you're not afforded the ability to be a dumb teenager. Exactly. Which where you have puberty is when you're a dumb teenager and you're like, shit, I'm being a fucking dumb teenager and I'm a fucking adult. Right. This is not the place or time, but I can't get outside yeah. of my own way. Yeah. It's my emotional brain and my primal. Yeah. was like constantly talking to each other. There were full conversations. Shut up. Stop it. Shut up. Go. Shut and up. Whichever one was a fucking <laughs> flip of a coin especially at the beginning. But if you started a little low level, like I was shots full bore, no one knew what to do with me. And they just were like, I guess this works, right? (laughs) Let's just go from here. 
So I was like, Rah! <laughs> and it's like I have all this <laughs> I got so much energy. I can so do everything. I remember your doctor telling you, like, did you, their measure was, did you want to be a man yesterday? <laughs> and I was like, um, no, but right. And so, but that was how they measured how much testosterone they were going to yeah. give you is that like, if you wanted to be a man yesterday, then you were getting the full, the full dosage. But if you were like, well, no, maybe, maybe a little bit of a, you know, so they gave you like the smaller doses and then you built your way up. Yeah. Cause you were telling, you were telling our listeners before, it's not like you can pick and choose mm-hmm. what the testosterone is going to do. Right. Oh, that's a yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you can't be like, well, I want, I, I want to got feel a lot of back I want hair. The big muscles without the facial hair, or... facial hair or whatever. Like that doesn't, doesn't work that way. I got well, the, doctors, come the stinky on, pits, on the bad skin and the hairy back. That's what I got. Well, you have a beard. Too. I have a you good have a beard, beard though. It took a few years to come in and a lot of stress. <laughs> I'm never going to get a beard. It's so sad. <laughs> I don't have a mustache for shit. So I usually do like a Amish. And then finally one day it just was like, I'm going to grow this, this long. This is all you get. This is as long as this motherfucker gets. It doesn't go any more than this. It doesn't go any more than this. I could shave it off in the next two days. It'll this and never good. It's like <laughs> never bushier, <laughs> never smaller. Just this guy. I just have to say up. though, as an Italian woman, I think if I let everything go, I might have that same mustache. <laughs> so like, I don't know how much I'm just saying, like, I don't know how much like the mustaches have to do with, with testosterone. Cause yeah. I know I've got some relatives that like, they, they, now we don't grow it on our face, but like we could grow like a pretty nice, like, you know, <laughs> don't worry, honey, <laughs> I'm not going to grow a mustache. I'm not going to, that is never going to happen. I'll be sitting with my with 10 times magnification in my tweezer man plucking that shit out (laughs) oh dear god the the, the aspects of being an italian woman as you grow old it is not a pretty experience sometimes (laughs) but you did not want facial hair that was not that was something you did not want no and at first i was scared of it and then Mm. and and now i'm kind of like i don't mind it but i don't want it either Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a nice little it's comfort, right? Like yeah. the whole idea of transitioning is just fucking being able to look at yourself in the mirror and being like, I like that. I look and feel how I should. Yeah. Look in the mirror, I feel and look as I do all the way across. Yeah. And, you know, beard, no beard, you know, like however deep, like hairy, no hair. Like I'm a hairy motherfucker. I could shave if I wanted to but I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. it's the, it's like finally the freedom of being able to preen my manly body the way I want to preen it. Whereas before it was a body I didn't even want to fucking touch. It was like un, it's land I didn't want to fucking buy, you know, yeah. I was afforded this land that was like fucking wetland. I don't want to like, do shit with this. Mm. I want a beach, you know? Yeah. Um, it's weird because I don't want either one, but you know, yeah. you get you what have, I'm saying. You have you have a farm. I have a farm. Mm-hmm. Much better. Yeah. So as we, because we're probably getting to about time. Yeah. So yeah. here's my here's what I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you one more question. Whatever. And this is a question for both of you. So knowing that when we look at the demographics of who listens to our podcast, right? We've got a lot of 45 year old and up. Mm-hmm. Um, females. Mm-hmm. So these are w- either women that are looking to come out or these are women that are looking to become allies. Um, we've got a portion of like non-binary folks 
again, probably thinking like, I hate to like guess what people are thinking, but it's, it's pretty safe to say, like, there's people that are listening to us that like, they just want to understand so that they can show up in this world better, better Mm -hmm. for themselves or better for someone else. Yeah. So what is the one thing you would want someone to know about both for both of you, your transition? What would you want somebody to know? Go, you know. <laughs> I'll just say the the first thing that popped in my head. Um, question everything. What for me? Mean? What does question everything mean? Because it got me to the truth. Oh, you mean for a person to question everything? Oh well, what was your what was your sorry? No, no, no. I'm, I, I'm, no, no, no. You're not answering answer? it. But you would want you would tell a person who's thinking of of whoever they are, like question everything about what you're thinking. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You, um, you should go. Cause I'm <laughs> not. No, I, uh, I would say for allies specifically, oh, you know, yeah. um, I would probably say I could, my transness isn't me. I'm not just, I'm not, I'm multidimensional. Like I'm a fucking human. My genitals don't define me. Um, I do a lot in my life, a lot more than focusing on my one week shot and the surgery I have once a few fucking years. I'm so much more than that. And I think sometimes we distill the conversation of trans people down to their transness. Mm -hmm. So I think that, uh, my transness is pretty irrelevant, but if you want to know about it, I'll tell you about it, but I'll tell you about it once. And then after that, we move forward. You know what I mean? I do. Like at some point, the conversation about my transness is going to get old. So. Yeah. Because it's just. Because it's just, it's just you. It's just. Your life is obviously much more than. So I would probably say like, it's fair and it's okay to be curious, but you also have to know when it's time to move forward. Um, As far as those who are questioning, keep, keep on keeping on. Get support. Don't do it alone. And don't gaslight yourself. Those are my best advices in that realm. Because those are the things that we do the worst. Very good advice. Yep. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause it can, it can take up so much space in the beginning. And then mm-hmm. after a while, it's just kind of like, yeah, this you're is just, just fighting a thing that you know, you're going to do. This is just, just fucking do it there. Yeah. If you feel like it, I always say like, if it's consuming about 20% of my brain every day, then it's probably something I need to start talking about and start working through. Hmm. If it's under that and I can find myself moving past it, then it's not something I need to give much more time to. Her. What I'm about gonna, you? I'm going to adopt that. Um, it's not perfect but it helps yeah what's one thing you would want someone to know i know you said at first you're like question everything that's probably what you're that's good advice for someone who's thinking about yeah yeah that was more for someone who's diving into themselves but i think um for an so you were asking for an ally yeah like what would you want someone to know what's the one thing you want them to know oh 
I don't know. I think, I guess, um, you know, listening Mm. just, just that was the biggest thing is, you know, you two, like when you have people just who are just listening, like there's it, because being, it's nothing to fix. Like you're not trying to fix my transness or like, (laughs) or my non-binariness. It's just, I need to, just someone to hear me and then I can move on mm-hmm. from myself yeah. because I got sick of myself too. That's so. the theme. Put it somewhere. You got to put it somewhere. Yeah. It's got to be put somewhere productive and with people that you can hold that, that trust it. Yeah. That you trust with it, that you trust won't, won't do you harm with it. Right. And then from that point on, you can kind of move. Mm-hmm. because that that air will then it's like a garden and it'll allow mm-hmm. you to grow more totally yeah mm-hmm. yeah i couldn't have done it without rita and tara i think they were the, and and honestly surprisingly like my family my sister is super big supporter yeah uh but yeah after i had told my parents i told them i was like you're either along with me or you're not no harm or foul but if you're not we're not talking yeah, like, I don't need I'm just no, don't be surprised when I stop responding to your terrible messages. Yeah. And they came with kindness. I gave them the opportunity to come with kindness or bow out gracefully. And they came with kindness. And because of that, our relationship grew. So truthfully, it, it is a matter of listening and just fucking love, love, easy. Come on now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, that is a great note to end this on. So, I agree. Ren. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for fucking having me. This was awesome. This was fun. This is our this is our podcast how to be queer. And there's all sorts of things you tell people at the end. Oh. I still haven't learned. Well, you can find us on uh Instagram, um Balls of Magic, the Grams of Insta. I always use your thing. Uh, balls of magic and then on facebook balls of magic um you can email us at how to be queer podcast at gmail.com that's all the social media platforms we have right now youth scene please go support send some funds their way yeah do it donate support as we as we as we constantly say on this podcast it is important to have mental health care professionals that can help guide you through this process. And that is exactly what youth scene yep. offers. And there are three people sitting in this room have, who have been on the benefit side of youth scene and it changed our lives. Yep. So if you can throw some money their way or find a queer therapist and support them, we're much appreciated of that. Ren, I can't thank you enough. This was, this was fun. This was thank a you. great conversation. Yeah. This is our listeners are going to love it. Yeah. I told, I told girlfriend this a few days ago that, that, um, that you, well, just say youth scene helped me fall, taught me how to fall into myself Mm. and into life. Legit fucking 10 snaps. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of our future episodes is going to be, um, with girlfriend Brofriend and I will probably share at least what our experience with each other was when Brofriend gave me the advice of things I need to do. And I said, ha ha, that's funny. That's going to be a great story for us to share Ugh. with our listeners one day. Um, yeah, that'll but be good. 
Yeah. But until then we're going to sign off for tonight. Be well, balls of magic. We love you. Send us, um, send us your thoughts. We're so appreciative of the, of, of our community out there. Bye. Thanks, Ren. Thanks y'all. See y'all soon. Bye everybody. Bye.